Episode 3, Planning a Succession. Welcome to Talking Family Business. My name is Leah Crowley and in this six-episode series, we're taking a look at succession plans, cycles and future-proofing family businesses. Today, HLB Man Judd partner Stephen Preen is joined by Western Earth Moving's Managing Director Graham Ragg and Tom Ragg as we find out more about the nature of succession plans, how they ensure a smooth transition rather than a bump, and why the children of business owners need to be paying better attention. Welcome, everyone, and welcome, Tom, as well. Thank you, Leah. Thanks, Leah. Thanks, Leah. Now, Tom, I think we'll start with you. Sure. You are Graham's son. Yes. But you don't work for Western Earth Moving. Correct. I'm Graham's eldest son. Uh, He's also my favourite son, whose name begins with T. (laughs) That's a very good way to put it. (laughs) Who's in this room at the moment. Who's in? The only one in this room. (laughs) Anyone here right now. Uh, I have three brothers. Uh, Michael, who I I think is coming on the podcast in a couple of episodes or something like that. So Michael is the next brother down, but he is far far more senior in the Wim family. And uh, I will leave that for you guys to discuss. But (laughs) I I worked at Wim when I was younger, Uh, you know, a bit of stop and go sign, uh, manning the receptionist desk on the weekends, all sorts of things like that. And then I've gone off to do lots of other things and been very involved in the media world and things that didn't really lend itself to too much uh, WEM activity until a few years ago when WEM's priorities have shifted and they're chasing bigger, better, larger clients and they need to look a little more polished. And so I've finally been able to come and uh, infuse a lot of the skills and talents that I've gone off traveling the world like a like some sort of shale and monk. Uh, I've, I've brought that back to the industry of uh, of, of being dirty. Moving the earth. <laughs> Moving the <laughs> earth. That's the, those words move me so much, Tom. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Stephen, how complicated are succession plans to plan? I mean, who in the family should be taking the reins, you know, and, and get the ball rolling, have the conversation going? Because I know that we were talking, uh, well, Graham, you were talking about how well didn't really talk about it at all. But that's, mm. I would imagine, Stephen, that's not a normal thing. No, the plan should be driven by the incumbent because it's their responsibility to make sure the show goes on and that you have the appropriate um, steps put in place to discuss and work out how it's all going to happen. With Wall, he had his own way of going about things. He knew Graham was there. They were both in it together and so forth. So he would weigh all that up and take it from there. I mean, the succession of Westerns was very much... Yeah, you know, talked about how you know Graham had to pay for his share of the equity. That had to be funded, and how do we go about doing that without putting you know Graham and his family at risk and the company at risk and so forth? So all those sort of things were discussed with Wall, and he agreed to undertake a share buy share buyback plan in the operation. So effectively, Westerns financed the acquisition, um, and Wall was paid out his 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 share of the value for the benefit of the rest of the family. So, you know, it would then depend on how he um, he communicates up with the family the family as well. And that is an important thing that the first step in a, in a process is to discuss all those issues with the family members and go further and, you know, which we'll talk about later, but go further as to each of them putting their, their thoughts on the table. But before they all bring their thoughts together, you, you talk to each person separately and try and get a consensus or raise, at least raise the issues and then start to deal with them. Tom, I'm going to bring you back into this one. Yes. So as the son of a business owner, um, when or if the conversation about what happens to the business when 
when Graham decides to retire. Has that has that happened? Has it been open? What? Yes, it has happened. It's uh, it's taken place over the last couple of years, and uh, I think it's it's fair to say that. Uh, Mike is very interested in that. Obviously, it's his job now. It's his livelihood yeah. and, and this sort of thing. And there's two other brothers, younger brothers, Matt, who works out in the field for Wem, and Cam, who's not closely aligned with uh, Wem. He's uh, studying all sorts of interesting things, and he's he's he's, a, he's the big brain. Yeah, he's a brain and a half. He's yeah, the big right. brain. So we're all very, very, very different people, and we're we're coming with. Uh, Different mindsets, different opinions, different, you know, we, we couldn't really be more different. And it's not something that we discussed a lot in the past. You know, I, I, I had felt that when I was younger, there was an expectation that I would go to WEM. It wasn't necessarily from my direct family. It was more the wider WEM family. There was yeah. always that expectation that I would join. So when I didn't, there was a, you know, it didn't get talked about for a little while. And then Mike stepped up to the plate and everyone knew things would be cool. Uh, but over the last few years, as as Graham has, you know, started to move in that direction more and Mike has risen in seniority, mm. there's kind of been that need to be a little more open with one another and have that difficult conversation about what happens, what mm. happens in the future. You know, we've got someone who's working in, in leads, you know, heading up the company, essentially, the, the two I see. But there's another brother who's putting in just as many hours to, out in the field, working hard, all this sort of stuff. No one wants to sit around and go, how do we carve up the pie? That's not what we're doing. But being able to have a very open conversation like we have had over the last, I'd say, three years, mm -hmm. that's that's where it started to happen. It's weirdly removed a lot of the uh, angst around the situation. So when it does happen, everyone knows what's going where. We've all got a, a clear idea of this isn't being done to solely benefit one brother over the others or... Uh, those of us that don't work there full time won't benefit. It's very clear, and and I think that um, that will assist us in a, as a family moving forward. There's there's you know no one's sitting around jealous or being mm. petty or things like that. It's it's open. It's out there. Yeah, mm. and that that's been something that um, Di, my wife and I, have been very much aware of. That yeah, you know, we're lucky enough to have four sons and extended families and grandkids and all sorts of things like that and we want to make sure that uh, everybody gets a fair go as well as making sure that the business is vibrant and carry on you know i'm focused on the next 60 years now probably won't be there to raise my bat at the end of the 60s still on the team but i might get to shout from the, the crowd or something like that and that's our focus now we're, we're very much focused on being an infinite business and growing as as healthily as we can Tom's right with what he says there. We, we got some good advice from a few areas. One, obviously, from the Manjud people, uh, also from our legal team as how to go about this. And, uh, yeah, my sons have been very fortunate. The guys are giving them advice are basically like uncles and they're very yeah, interested. Right. Steve, et cetera, and, and our legal team, very, very closely involved and, and looking after these, um, you know, they've grown up a bit now, but helping look after them as good young men, helping them grow. And... So we've tried to be pretty transparent how we go about it. Um, we've got some good advice to form a, a family office to look after these things, and Manjad help us very, very heavily with that. And we have some pretty regular meetings with all, all our family crew about that, and we're open with how that all sits. So, so just sort of checking in, making yeah, sure that... Yeah, it's yeah. a bit of transparency on how yeah. it all goes. Now, Stephen, I mean, say there's a business owner that has um, two kids, one who's interested in working... And taking over the family business, and the and the other just 
is not, you know, they've got their own path, which is fine, like like we said. How do you make both of them happy with the succession plan whilst realising their strengths and levels of interest? To start with, I think just the ideas we just touched on with Tom and Graham about the open frankness of those discussions with the family and what do they all want to do at the beginning. You know, the business is there. The business is also there to have people who have got the right skills to run it and who are the appropriate people in that business, what education do they have and so forth. Um, the other members, have they got a right to come into that business? The answer is yes, if they have the appropriate skills. Otherwise, you're, divorce, you're divorcing the management of the business from the equity of the business. And that's where the other family members come into play. And as you progress through the years, the people with the equity have to consider how that will play out in the future and what other assets will be grown outside the business, as Graham alluded to with the family office, etc. You have your assets outside the actual operations, and that then creates a family um, business in its own right, which is, in this case, um, excludes the WEM, WEM operations, because that's what's feeding it. It's not straightforward, and, and it's an emotional, very much an emotional type of period, because people have different thoughts and some people just don't want to be involved in family businesses and that's what can lead to businesses being sold because you might have nobody who mm. wants to come through. So you want to protect the legacy and grow the wealth and transfer that wealth to the next generations but it might be in a different form. I guess in that respect for for Wem and, and the Rag family, everybody has grown up with it and not so much stake a claim but, but there's there's a um, a sense of... It's almost like the other family member. W would you say that for you, Tom? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Wem has been a constant, huge driving factor in my life. Mm. Um, and, you know, a, a, as my dad said, all, a lot of the people that I consider uncles and things like that are people that I didn't quite realise until I was maybe eight or nine. They weren't actual <laughs> family members. But at our big family events, while invited them, they were part of the wider Wem family and and. Yeah, so I've, I've always been invested and felt part of that family business, but it does have a different feeling to what it was, I'll say, 30 years ago. In what Just, way? Everything's on the books and above board now. And so it used to be that there'd been not backroom dealings, but there was a lot more handshake sort of dealings and it was built around trust mm -hmm. and the relationships. And those key relationships are so vital still, but uh, it's it's less going out for drinks or, you know, th those types of things. That's how business used to be done. Yeah, yeah. look, I'll agree. It used to be maybe wine and dine and for staff it would be go to the pub on a Friday, then it became go to the gym on a Friday. Yeah. It's really transition, which is a great healthy thing. It's really changed around now. And now it's probably, I don't know, a house party or chit-chat or whatever you're doing. Social media. A Zoom meeting. <laughs> Zoom meeting. Um, yeah, so there's been a lot of transition. I think there's a maturity of the business, Tom. And I think it's also um, a much more professional approach. You made reference earlier to the business needing to grow and be responsive and take on social media as a good tool for us to use, et cetera. That's one of the many transitions of professionalism that's come about from being, um, you know, for our business, historically, really, we were good earth movers, working in the dirt. Now we're delivering communities. Correct. There has been... In the past, you worked with existing clients and, you know, if there was a, a good relationship and you've been working together for 30 years, then you didn't need to put a lot of effort over and aboard on the tender 
or things like that, the presentation of it, because everyone already knew each other. Whereas these days, it might be a dentist who wants to develop a small plot of land, or you might be trying to get into the industrial sector and do some things in the government. You need to show yourselves off in a different way. And to you guys' credit, you came to us and said, we need to polish up our look uh, and we need to start being public-facing because it had always been an internal messaging and talking to the people they knew. And so in the last five years, there's been a, a huge shift uh, in being more presentable. And that in turn has raised the company's profile to be, you know, you're, you're putting out content up there with the high, you know the biggest budgets out there, the biggest players in, in industry. And it's in turn made a lot of your competitors start to follow suit. And you're effectively helping your entire industry pull their socks up a little bit here in Australia by saying, hey, let's let's put a bit of effort into our presentation. We already put in this effort with our finished product. Let's, you know, let's celebrate the things that we're doing and 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 position ourselves that way. And that's, you know, we're talking a lot about future proofing. Mm-hmm. That is how you're future proofing the, the the business at the moment. Yeah, I think it's also elements such as, um, you know, key relationships with Safe Work New South Wales as mental health ambassadors now and uh, relationships as um, key partners with the Westmead Children's Hospital, et cetera, things that more of our community are keen to be involved with and, and get relationships out of. And, you know, we've needed that polish. And, you know, it's, it's also relating back to, uh, I suppose, that, even back to advice with Manjad, how do we broaden the base of the business to be more solid? You know, we had um, various periods along the, the way with when we had increased data. We've got data, as I said, falling at our ears now. But when we started to measure a lot more things, measure success of tenders, measure this, measure that, we were able to see where gaps were coming. And, uh, you know, it made us more responsive to go and dive into different areas, whether it's geographical or different types of work. It's made the business, the family business, much, much more bulletproof along the way, Leo, mm. to be able to be responsive and deal with things. But, um, you know, you've, you've got to have strong relationships. You've got to have a good base to work from and a good knowledge base um, to, to make that work. And on the family side of things, as we said, we've got to make sure that there's an openness. And, you know, the openness is much more relevant to 2020 than it was in 2000. You know, a couple of decades is a long time ago in terms of progression of even social behaviours and things and how families interacted. I think what we did then was appropriate, was a little bit closed. I think what we're trying to do now is very appropriate and we probably talk about things too much. Sometimes. <laughs> I think it's great that you, yes. you still use that word family so much because uh, it's been a family business and that's how people have always seen WEM. But there's now been a shifting of thinking of it's not just the WEM family. It's you're providing for families. You are building communities. It's not we're laying roads. We're preparing future homes for families to build, grow, and develop their own story. And and it, it all comes back to that idea of family and whether that's our family supporting WEM, whether that's the WEM wider team family with the Christmas picnics and all, all sorts of adventures like that. It's now it's that, that that core value is just infused in the business's presentation to the public. It's it's always family focused. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's a pretty easy way to be. Mm. I think Which, it's something you can build upon pretty readily. I think that's quite similar to HLB Manjad. Everything I read about you guys is always bringing it back to that idea of personal, personal connection, personal interaction, personal understanding of these businesses, and creating that that long lasting relationship. So I can I can see why that has worked so well for both of you for such a long time. Yeah, the relationship is deadly important. 
Deadly is not the right word. (laughs) (laughs) Extremely extremely important. (laughs) (laughs) And you develop from there. And, you know, we talked about customers and so forth and employees and everyone's in the mix. And it's like the, you know, you look at a business, a family business, you've got the existing business, you've got the equity shareholders and you've got a ring of circles that you would have seen and they all come together in the middle and cross over and so forth. And it's... um, some of it's not, not easy, but at the end of the day, people work through it and develop their, their strategies on how they're going to progress. I just need to quickly ask, uh, Stephen, have you been to one of the um, Christmas parties or, or the p- family picnics? I've been to the Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not going to tell you one no, story. No stories from that. Damn it. I was, I was trying to sneak that in there, but they caught me. They caught me. I, I felt maybe yeah. I could get it from you, Stephen, but no, well, no. I remember when Tom used to come along to the uh, annual... Uh, Oh, drinks out at the um, hotel at Macquarie there. What was it yeah. called? It's still El there. Rancho. Mm-hmm. Oh, El Rancho. El Rancho, yeah. Rancho. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going back a long while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, progress from there. Yeah, look, <laughs> one of the reasons it's progressed is um, for a long time we had Christmas parties at various function places and we sort of lasted a year and they'd say, don't come back. <laughs> That's why it's progressed. <laughs> That's the dim, dark ages. So... The challenge we've got this year is how to do a few family functions That's right. amongst COVID. So we're working on that. Yeah. Um, we'll make sure that- You've got it, your thinking caps on. Yeah, and it's a wider team. It's not me. We've got a whole group mm-hmm. of people looking at how to do it now. It's effectively so that all the kids still get the presents they get every year. Santa still comes for everybody, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, we'll, we're, like, we're going to be flexible. Yeah. So we'll come up with a solution. And that's a couple of months away, so we're not too stressed about that one yet. But it's getting it's getting close. It's weeks to go now. Very, very close. And t- talking about you know being flexible and stuff. Obviously, circumstances in businesses change, whether that be you know outside in internal, external circumstances, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, that could potentially change the succession plans. So how how close do we have to monitor them? As as an advisor to to a business, well, if you look at what's going on now through the COVID period, there's various businesses which are going to obviously go to the wall through no fault of their own. But at the end of the day, that's um, a fact of business life, and if there might be the best course of action because they haven't got the finances in place to survive, or they haven't provided for their future finance sector, which is all very sad. You know, hopefully a business can look ahead and react to the markets, but it can't react to something that's going on. You guys, um, at least within your industry, it's you were deemed an essential service. Is, is that right? Absolutely, by the government and by ourselves. <laughs> and so, as a business, yeah, we we our business we largely work outdoors, mm. and so we had the. We don't have to go to head office. We don't have to go on public transport. Most people drive to site every day. That's in the outer suburbs of Sydney, et cetera, and, and wider field. We had to make sure that everybody observed the right social distancing on site and the right work practices in terms of cleanliness and sanitisation and looking after equipment and you know public behaviour. Um, our office was different. We had to scatter people and do those sorts of things. That's all happened. We've adopted teams and Skype and Zooms like nothing else for everyone that we deal with. One benefit is for us, we have left site meetings. We don't have to go and do those sorts of meetings. Yep, but look, yep. things have changed around, but really our, our business has been largely bulletproof. Mm. We've had to really make sure that we're being responsive to our customers' needs, which have changed a bit. There's mm. a, a, a vital push with some of those. 
we've got enough knowledge of market and opportunities to really pursue the right opportunities now. And we're doing that closely. As I mentioned, I mentioned uh, t- Tom Roberts before. He's working closely with Mike and myself to really make sure we're best placed for, for now and the next five years on how we're going. So that's interesting. It's interesting. Tom, do you reckon there's anything else? Look, as I said, we've had some frank conversations about this this sort of stuff. And, you know, the, the first one or two were a bit awkward. No yeah. one had full answers. And it was sort of advising the family that these conversations are going to take place. Is there a reason why you were so keen to to get that sorted with us? Yeah, look, absolutely. Number one, I love four sons and I'm lucky to have four. And that's great. And they, they look after Di and I so well. Two of them are around here, so I won't look at them because I might. No, I won't. Uh, I think that we, you know, we always have an openness in our family and try to look after things with that. And number two, the way it happened for me 20-odd years ago wasn't as open. My dad wasn't as open a person. And I think it left a bit of doubt in parts of the family as to what had happened and how it had happened. And, you know, I, I want to probably overkill that idea. And that's certainly the advice I got from Steve and his team. And they've helped us with that. They've helped us with family meetings in their office, at our house, those types of things. And they will only become more commonplace now as our business grows and the future um, rushes towards us. It's happening very fast. So, mm. yeah, that's that's the reason probably, Tom. So if I annoy you too much about it, that's what it is. I will extend on from that. You know, as I, I mentioned earlier, that, that I had felt there was some expectation that I would work for WEM when I didn't. It wasn't an issue. There was never any problem sure. and stuff. But uh, it wasn't until we started having these conversations a couple of years ago that I realized it was actually very important that I stay completely abreast of both WEM and the family stuff, not in terms of sitting around counting coin. Mm. I'm not, I'm not, but for the, the, you know, understanding the f- future success of the family and what our intended legacy will be and how Mike is positioned and all these sorts of things, how, how much would both of you say that it's, it's important for the black sheep or whatever you want to call myself, not plugging into the family business, how important would you say it is for, for kids like myself to actually listen properly to their parents? Or- I think it's a, the strongest advice I'd give is to be involved and listen and learn so that you know everyone's got a role to play in the family business, whether they're involved working mm-hmm. in it or around it or supporting it or understanding it or putting up the fact that you know sometimes mum or dad might be more stressed than other times because things are going on if the whether it's the advisors or the family can let the sorry the advisors or the people involved in the business can let the rest of the family know how they feel and how they're coping very very important just to stay abreast of things and look after each other because um, you know you said it before it's not the money it's it's what what are you trying to achieve what legacy you're trying to leave and how do you want to keep your family set up so the more you're abreast of things just as it's very important that, that we know, in your case, Tom, where your business is up to and where your family is and how you're coping and what's going on. So it's just the reciprocity of that. That's an enormous word and oh. we're all thoroughly impressed. Yeah, and that 10-point that word, I've I got nothing so. else. <laughs> uh, next episode, we're going to be looking at um, the next generation, which will be really super interesting. But first, I want to thank Stephen, Graham and Tom. Thanks, Lou. Thank you, guys. Thank you. For further information, please visit our website, hlb.com.au.